Morning. Let me get acclimated here. Remember to guard your tongue. Part three. You know, this is a, a subject that is just, I mean, this speaks to everybody. Whether you're a little kid, you've probably gotten in trouble. Did anybody get in trouble as a little kid? Oh, yeah. Did any ever, anybody ever get their mouth washed out with soap or palm olive? Yeah, what a, they would call that child abuse today? No, not really. I don't, I don't think it is abusive. I think it was extremely effective. I mean, and I had some friends down the street. They got, they got theirs washed with soap about once a week. I mean, they just did not learn, but, you know. Well, I got a great opener for you. Ready? This is going to be fun. There was a guy, he got a parrot for his birthday. Now, you know if you got a parrot joke, you know we're in trouble. Anyway, so he, he gets this parrot and... He enjoys the parrot. It's got great colors. It, it talks. It, it talks to him. But this parrot was no unusual parrot. I mean, this parrot had a problem. This parrot had a bad mouth. This parrot would curse, and this parrot would swear. And this owner thought, man, you know, if the preacher comes over, man, I'm dead. But like, man, you know, this is not good to have this parrot swearing at me and cursing. And so, you know, he's sitting there, and he would talk to the parrot, and he would try to be kind to it. And he just says, and so finally that wasn't working. So then, then he started yelling at the parrot. And the parrot still cursed him and swore at him. He goes, man, this isn't good. So then he got over and he got the parrot one day and he shook him. And the parrot still cursed him. He thought, man, I've had enough. So he got that parrot. He walked out into the garage and he left the freezer top up. He put the parrot in the freezer. <laughs> Said, man, that's enough. Said he thought about, about 30 minutes and he, he thought, man, you know, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing any curse words coming out of that freezer. Maybe I've killed a poor bird. Maybe, maybe I should do something. So he went over there and he lifted the hood and lifted the top off the chest. And he got him out. And bird steps out and goes, I just want to tell you, Bill, I'm sorry that I have offended you. Would you please forgive me for my bad words that I've spoken to you and your family? God looked at the parrot and said, man, what drastic transformation has taken life in the life of my bird? What happened? And he just, he's sitting there holding it. And then the parrot says, I have one question. Okay. He says, could I ask you one question? He said, yeah, you can ask him. He says, I just want to know, what did the chicken do? <laughs> now, I thought it was pretty good. Y'all laughed too. Y'all thought it was pretty good. Some of you are a little slower. You don't get it in a minute. Okay. But, but our mouths, we, we just get in trouble, you know? You know, I'm 51 years old, and sometimes I need my mouth washed out with soap. But thank God, Don didn't wash it out with soap. She just looks at me, you know, like, you probably shouldn't have said that. But you know, if we're a Christ follower, that wasn't funny. We're, we're a Christ follower. If we are, we have the gentle Holy Spirit that resides within us. And how many times have you and I spoken words that were ill will, that were defaming in nature? And um, as soon as we spoke the word, we knew we shouldn't have said it. And the Holy Spirit was ever quick. I, I love that ministry of the Holy Spirit, even though it's very convicting, it can be condemning at times, but it wants to bring about change and transformation. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, but, but our tongues, it's, it's just amazing. You can, amazing you're, you can imagine if you're a person like me that is a communicator, and that's what you do your life, you say lots of words. I mean, like, I frame thousands of words in a week, in a weekend. And over a month, and over my ministry, I, I, I hate to know, probably spoken millions of words. But I've spoken some words that were not fitting for a child of the king. But, you know, before I just beat myself up and lay myself out there, so have you. So have you. And we speak words that we don't mean to speak, but I, yet I think we do. Because, you know, uh, Vance Havner, the old great Baptist preacher, once said, What goes down in the well comes up in the bucket. 
And what's in your heart is an overflow of what really is going on. And, and here's the classic thing. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. No, this is what I should say, what you should say. I didn't mean to get caught. That's what I felt in my heart. Uh, Ed Young would say, you're nothing more than a verbal viper, verbal arsonist. Mm. What does an arsonist do? It's just buildings on fire. What do we do with our tongues? We set lives on fire. Our mouths need spiritual maturity. If you look over in Ephesians, he goes through delineating spiritual gifts, and then he talks about some apostles and prophets and teachers, and he begins to go through this thing, and he goes, but spiritual maturity is what you need, and this is what you shoot for. This is what you move toward, what you hope to acquire in your life. And the thing I've learned about maturity is you just don't ever get there. You're just... You're always just a step away. You, you maybe made a step forward or you made a step backwards, but you're just not there. If you came to me this morning and go, I am spiritually mature, I'd go, you're extremely prideful. You're extremely arrogant. But we're just on this path called life that we're trying to follow Christ. And we're trying to, uh, and the scripture says, don't be tossed to and fro back and forth go after god but ephesians 4 29 look look at that with me right across the top this is a great passage do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may be benefit those who listen edify would be the word build up edification it 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 it, 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 it erects a structure it it, it builds up a person it, it lifts up the person from where they are and we all love to be around encouragers because encouragers exhort us, encourages make us feel better about ourselves. They make us feel even good about our spirituality and our gifts and our lives. And, and somebody gets a new car or a new dress or they, they get a good grade on the test or, they, or they, they get a hit in the ball game. They do something well and people encourage them. Man, it, who doesn't want to be encouraged? Everybody wants to be encouraged. And I want to say it, every time I say it, sometimes people laugh, but it's the truth. Criticism is not a gift in the church. Criticism is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. And we'll see that in a minute. But here it is, the, the mouth of the righteous. Look, write down Proverbs 10, 11. I'm going to give you a lot of other passages today that aren't written down. Proverbs 10, 11. He says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Those that are in Christ today, out of them should flow rivers of life. But here's what I've learned about some of us. Some of us have become a babbling brook. <laughs> and it's not a fountain of life. We, we just babble. You, you remember that group called the Babylonians? They babbled. Have you ever been called a, a person that babbles? Sure you have. You talk about you do. People are, man, you're just babbling about nothing. And you, you ever notice when you get upset sometimes, does this happen to anybody besides me? You get upset and you just got one more sentence you need to say? Just, just one more thought, one more paragraph. Is, does that happen to anybody? And have you ever learned if you'll just put a, a guard over your mouth and just shut up, it's amazing what will happen. Usually the argument will die down. But you know, but when you're verbose and you like to talk and the word would be loquacious, you, you just, you could talk, you just talk all the time. And when you, when there are many words, sin is not absent. Mm. Man, I'm preaching to myself this morning, but y'all get to listen. Look at message truth. Our words matter and they reveal who we are. They have the power to build and they have the power to destroy. Our words, you know, God spoke creation into order. He spoke and it was. When we speak, things come into being. 
our words just continue to travel out through the stratospheres. It's amazing that our words just go and they just continue. I, I don't understand all that. But hey, what I'm saying today is when we speak, our words matter. They, they reveal who we are. They reveal our character. They reveal our maturity, our lack of maturity. They reveal our, our likes. They reveal our dislikes. Let me tell you this. Yesterday, I met with a friend, and, and the Holy Spirit has really been hammering me about my tongue this week. And I've, I've blown it some. I mean, I've been, I've been studying these passages and pouring over it, but I've had some victory too. And on the way to the lake, I, had, I have this really good friend, and I wanted to tell him something. I mean, has, has anybody ever had something really good you want to tell somebody, but you wouldn't call it gossip, but you just want to speak it because it's the truth? Oh, I had something I wanted to tell my friend. I've been thinking about this for a month. And it's just the way my heart can be that dark sometimes. And on the way up, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, keep your mouth shut. Don't speak a word that wouldn't edify another person. And I'd already told this person because we had a mutual thing. We were both concerned about it. Concern, that's spiritual, isn't it? He says, hey, what about so-and-so? I said, I can't say a word. Holy Spirit instructed me to keep my mouth shut. Can we change the subject? He looked at me with eyes about that big. He said, okay. And you know what was so cool? I didn't have to confess, I didn't have to confess it to the Father yesterday. I didn't blow that situation. You're saying, wow! Hey, that's the one time I got a victory, okay? <laughs> How about the other time I said something like, okay, here we go. Donna's car window got broken out this week. Between 1 and 3 o'clock, she went to her car, she came back in, she went back out. Somebody knocked the window out of her car. Yeah, for a lunch bag. A lunch bag that she'd already eaten at lunch. It had a water bottle in it. I've been on the phone with uh, blessings, I almost said yo-yos, all week. And I've been back and forth and just dealing with stuff. I gave my address 2,932 times in my name and all this. And all week, God's going, what are you preaching on? My tongue. And I, I, did, I mean, you know, when I'm, I'm giving you all this message today, let me tell you, this is a message that you won't have to think. I wonder if I can make application to the message he's talking about today. <laughs> I promise you, right now, some of you are like, I just want to judge you right now. <laughs> You're busted. And when you walk out in the foyer and you, and you came in fussing with somebody, you want to like, you know what, I'm that one. I want to finish this sentence right now. And then we're going to be pure for lunch. I don't know. You know, we can laugh about our tongue, and that's good. But, man, God, give us the truth of Scripture. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Let me just give you a paraphrase by Ephesians 4.29. Just a quick paraphrase. Ready? Build up or shut up? Build up or shut up? Isn't that a great word? I need it. God, I need to build up the body of Christ. I need to build up the ones made in the image of Jesus. Or shut up. I, sometimes I'm around people that have great self-control discipline over their speech and i'm amazed simply amazed we'll look at an old prophet today that god got a hold of his tongue one day look at the outline fill it in watch your mouth have you ever been told that or have you ever told anybody that yeah especially if you're a parent watch your mouth i'm your elder i'm gonna take you out of the planet as soon as i get ready watch your mouth you know we have to we have to watch it and in James chapter 3, and I'm not going to go through that because I've preached on this before, but I want you to just, this is another alternative passage, James 3 says, but who can tame the tongue? It's the most deadly of all the organs. I mean, man, it's just, th this tongue thing gets us in trouble. But it's the very thing that today we used our tongue to sing praises to Jesus. We used our tongues to talk to him, to edify him today. 
We use our tongues today to encourage somebody in the house. I watched people go over to um, Louis a minute ago, and they embraced him. They gave him a hug. And they spoke a word of faith, a word of comfort. We use our tongues for good. At the same time, we'll go use our tongue for something that just is not going to help anybody. Let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 4, 5, and 6. It's there in the outline. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Season with salt so that everyone may know how to answer everyone. And then I like Proverbs 10, 20 from the Living Bible. When a good man speaks, he is worth listening to. But the words of fools are a dime a dozen. They're cheap. Talk seems to be cheap, doesn't it? It's easy to say the right things or want to say the right things but man to, to live it out so I, I just got a question i want you to write down today are you worth listening to when you speak are your words worthy are they going to help that individual are they going to correct them are they going to challenge them are they going to bless them are they going to build them up are they going to heal them are they going to hurt them is it going to build them or is it going to cut them i, I don't know just think about it. Like, the, 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 uh, got two guys in the same time period. One guy's name was Winston Churchill, and the other guy was Adolf Hitler. Winston Churchill being the great orator of Britain. And he used words, and he rallied a nation, Britain, around him. And he used words to unite and to build. It was a beautiful thing. But Adolf Hitler, he used his words to destroy and to literally kill so many lives. So we look at Winston Churchill, we go, man, what an orator. And we look at Adolf Hitler and we go, wow, what a murderer. What a person that used his tongue for evil and for wickedness. Here's another one. Let me give you the Christian thing. In the 70s, Billy Graham. Woohoo! Man, what a man after God's heart. Jim Jones. Billy Graham has preached the gospel to more people than anybody on the face of the earth. He's known for pointing more men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus Christ. James Jones, he was known to be a very charismatic leader, authoritative leader of cult, and he led to 900 suicides there in Africa. Both had the power of words. We could, go, we could look at Net, Nelson Mandela. We could look at so many great leaders, Gandhi, whoever, and, and, and our words have the power to influence. Our words have the power to build. They have the power to shape and transform life. Wow, what power is in the tongue? But uh, if you'll just look there sometime this week or today at James 3, because I'm, I'm not going to go there. I just want you to know this is a passage that you just have to look at. But I want you to look at the outline. The tongue hurts others by, number one, gossip. The tongue just simply hurts us when we gossip, when we say things that we don't need to repeat, that we need to talk to the Father about, or we need to not repeat at all. And Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, Keep a watch over my lips. That would be a great prayer for you and I today. Oh, God, set uh, this guard over me. Lord, I, I don't want to be quick with my tongue. Lord, I want to have a guard that I want to speak. I, I don't know about you, but I have a, a thing that I pray every day, sometimes several times a day. God, put a guard over my heart, but put a guard over my tongue. And I wish I prayed it more because if I did, I would sin less, and sin wouldn't be as present. So, like, uh, are you familiar with, in World War II, is the GIs were all there and they were all rallying together and there was four words that they came up with and these words simply meant life or death, life or death. And the words were, loose lips sink ships. And it literally did. 
because they would have spies in the ports where these GIs would gather before they would be out on their mission to go. And there were enemy spies in the, sport, in the port, and they were waiting to hear information about what the destination was. And if these GIs had loose lips and they were saying things, then, the, then their people would be set up by the enemy, and they would target, and they knew exactly where they were going to be. But loose lips sink ships. Loose lips sink lives. You and I, when we're loose, man, we just... You know, we're, we can be a loose cannon. It, it, it can just bring great damage. Listen to Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue does. Life, death. All, all in the tongue, man. Right here today, I've got the power to speak life over you. The issues of life. I also have the power of my tongue to speak death over you. And Deuteronomy says, I choose life or death, blessing or curses. And I've been living on that for years. I want to choose blessing and I want to choose life in Jesus' name. And you and I have that same thing with our tongue. Proverbs 16, 28. A gossip separates close friends. When we get loose with our lips, we just begin to separate people. So God says, look, uh, I was reading this one story. It says, uh, the, the girl was saying, you know, I've learned I need to have control or guard over my tongue. Because when I don't. I destroy. And she basically, here, here was the line she had. When things begin to go south, they begin to be gossip of nature. She had this comment, man, I wish I could get this. And maybe if we all did this, we'd be victorious. If we would just simply say this. Somebody's talking and they're slandering and gossip and you go, I'm very uncomfortable with this subject. And most of the time, it just if you say that humbly and kindly, it dies. And you go into the next situation. I'm just very uncomfortable with it. God, help us to get to be people like that, that we don't dishonor God and we don't hurt people, but we honor Christ and we honor those that are made in the image of Jesus. Ecclesiastes 5, 2 and 6, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. Y'all, you're talking to a guy that has been communicating hard since he was five years old when I got my tongue clipped, okay? And then God called me to be a pastor, and I love to speak at the same time. A lot of times I'm just quick with my tongue. But, you know, but I'm sitting there trying to be transparent to you, but I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of you too, and some of you are very, you're quick, you're quick tongue too. And some of you tend to have more self-control, and some of you are like, well, you just don't know me very well. If you just heard me, if you was on the telephone with me, you'd hear me just slander, man, I can put down somebody quicker than anybody. You want to come to my house? No, 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 I don't want to have dinner with you. It's like, did I ever tell you all about this? had a prominent family come to our church about six years ago. And he walked into my study. And he had worshipped here and he'd encountered Christ that morning. He said, I want to know more about Christ's community. I shared with him the vision. I love to do that. And then he began to slander a fellow pastor in this city hard. And I looked at him and I said this. I ask you to stop now. He's my brother in Christ. You've got a lot of relational damage. I invite you to go back down there and make it right. And then if you choose to come fellowship with us, we would love to have you. But right now, you would help poison this fellowship. He got up. He walked out. And he never came back. I wish more people would do that in the church said. Because here's what God told me. God said, yeah, you go ahead and let him slam the brother down the street. And you could drink his praises for a year or two. And then when you become the goat, 
He's going to slander you just like he did the other. I do see him in the community now. And he'll run up to me and we speak very cordially. I've just often wondered, did he remember that day? Because our tongue has a power to slander and put somebody down. Number two. So gossip, number two, is slander. Just, uh, it's like a runaway train. It, when we slander, it just keeps going down the track, and it just continues to go. And even if there's nothing there, it, it'll go, and it'll eventually find something to hit. There's, there's just damage. Proverbs 12, 28 says, reckless words pierce like a sword. Man, a sword will cut you bad. And our loose vocabulary will just do so much damage to the body of Christ and to those outside of Christ. And I've often wondered how many times I've probably blown my witness, or maybe how many times you've blown your witness, when I spoke ill of a situation that they were looking what a Christ follower spoke like. Now, I don't curse. The night I got radically saved, God delivered me from cussing that night. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I cussed every other sentence unless I was in the presence of a woman. I was pretty wicked. And that night, Jesus Christ touched my tongue and I quit cussing. I just, it's a God thing. But I've done plenty of these other stuff to be verbal. And God, touch our, our speech. God, don't give us reckless words. Lord, our critical words, our negative words, our accusations, our frustrations, our complaints, our put-downs, our sarcasms, whatever. God, they need to go. Because every time we, we participate in that, we leave wounds. We, we just inflict wounds on one another with our speech. At the same time, we inflict help and healing and wholeness and life. Oh, God, give us life. Slander. In the Hebrew, it means to defame one, to strip one of their positive reputation. That's what happens when you and I slander. We just strip them of their guarded or whatever their reputation is because we slander because we want to make ourselves look bigger. And God's like, man, there's no place. And the New Testament means to go against, to speak against another. So we, we, we speak ill will. We, we speak against another person. And I know some of you out here today, you're like, man, I, Keith, I, I really have a pretty good handle on the tongue. I'm like, man, bless the Lord. Help us that are struggling with our tongues. And some of you are just going, man, I am so guilty, man. I just want to crawl out on my belly today, okay? Can we just, like, just end the service right now and, like, come back in and you do a new subject, like, the joy of the Lord? But, y'all, I, I need to give this message because I, I need to study this this week. I've preached on the tongue over the last 30 years. It's not the first time I've ever done this, but I'm relearning and I've found some new things. And I thought, man, I need to go through this. Like, I don't talk on prayer one time. I go, hey, I did that thing. Look, go listen to the CD. Come on now, please. Prayer. Got it. How many need to be reminded? Over and over. Remember, hey, this is the title of the series. Talk is not cheap. Do, do you remember? Well, some of you don't. You're too young, but you read about it in history. In the 70s, we had a president of the United States. His name was Richard Milhouse, what a name, Nixon. And President Nixon got destroyed by a tape recorder, recorder that recorded his words. He thought those words would never be heard. And when all those tapes got exposed, we had a president go out of office. Do you all remember that? Remember it well. I was young, but man, do I remember it. But let me tell you, listen, you're like, but I'm not the president of the United States. What have I got to worry about? Nobody tapes my messages. There's a divine tape recorder running right now. And every idle, careless word spoken, God hears. Yeah. 
Matthew 12. Man, God's just clear that, man, our words matter. And when I just speak, I mean, how many, is anybody grateful today your words aren't recorded? <laughs> I mean, don't you love this when you call a business and they go, and for our security and our protection, we'll be recording this conversation now. They're just trying to cover them. But, but how, what, what if every meeting you walked into, they go, your conversation will be recorded today. Let me tell you the thing about it being a preacher. My words on this stage are recorded. I've even had people come into meetings. I had one time somebody walked in with a cassette tape and he threw it down the middle of the table. He goes, hey, I already got to the part. I want you to hear what you said. How many of you would like that in your job? If you went to work this week and somebody walked in with a CD and tape and says, hey, I want to tell you what you said in the manager's face or in the bathroom. I was recording. I just want everybody to hear. You go, wow. Sometimes I, I totally trust Jeff. I run around with my mic and he mutes and turns me on or off. It's a little scary. And, uh, and, you know, so that means sometimes he would have the power for me to stand in back and say whatever and walk in here. Did I tell you about the wedding I did not long ago? And uh, Actually, it was my daughter's last summer, her and Jeremy, but I was talking to some people. And the guy told me, he says, you ought to heard the preacher here a few months ago. I said, what? He said, he had his mic on. He said, he didn't realize it. And he was walking over from the pastor's study and he just said, I don't think this poor couple's going to be making it, man. They're in bad shape. And he walked into a full congregation. Uh-huh. I'm going, I think they're going to make it. I think they're a blessing unto God. I want everybody to hear that, you know. Isn't that crazy? Could you imagine walking in and you just rip somebody? And, and you walk in, everybody's laughing or smiling. And you go, something's not right in the atmosphere. Okay, so the divine recorder is running. Remember how do people, let me, let me ask this question, how do people feel after they've been around you? Do they feel lighter? Do they feel heavier? Because whatever's stored up in our hearts comes out. God, let us be about you. There, there's a book that I want you to read. Uh, I think uh, John and Earl's small group has done it. It's called The Bait of Satan. Write it down, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Sold about 400, 500,000 copies. Great book. It's all about offenses. And I'm not going to get into that, but I just want to tell you, if, if you ever struggle with forgiveness or being offended or offenses, you need to read it. John did an outstanding job in this book, The Bait of Satan. Number three, lies. When we speak lies, man, we destroy. And Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Put off the lie. Put off the deception. Put off the things that are destroying and put on the truth. Proverbs 12.19, our words have eternal consequences. It says, Truthful lips endure forever, but the lying tongue lasts only a moment. But man, they, they cause eternal damage. They, they have big consequences to them, but it lasts only a moment. So we're to hold fast to the truth. Hold fast, Christ follower. Let's hold fast to the, the teachings of Scripture. Let's hold fast to these Scriptures that we've been looking at today. And we'll be victorious. I mean, how many of you love to go to a place and they're so encouraging? You just, man, you just want to get an infusion like, man, just give me some right in the arm, man. That just feels so good. I mean, I go some places and you just feel the love of Christ and it just drips in and it infuses your spirit. And you're like, man, that is so good. And you go into some places and it's so negative and so critical and nobody wants to be around. You ever been there? And I pray, God, make this an oasis for sinners. Make this a place where people just gather in Jesus' name, and they're accepted like they are. But they're hopefully repenting and coming to know more of Christ. 
Then you get the fourth one, grumbling and complaining. Oh, goodness, we could talk about that one forever. But complaining, I like what Joyce Meyer says. Complaining is like whistling for the devil. Isn't that good? Complaining is like whistling for the devil. Hey, devil, come show up, come, because I'm going to complain. And I'm not going to do a whole message about complaining, but I wonder why do we complain? I have, I have an answer. A lack of contentment. You're not content who you are in Jesus Christ. You're not content in what's going on in your life. So you complain. You whine. You become an Eeyore. So God wants you and me to be free. Second Corinthians. Can, can you turn there with me real quick? Second Corinthians. I want you to see this. And another reason we grumble and complain is because we do that dreaded thing Scripture tells us not that we compare. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We're not wise when we get into the compare snare. God, help us not to compare ourselves to the other person. And, and in the blank, it goes there, it goes, connect with others by using constructive words. See, for you and I, we can build a bridge to one another, and we can connect when we use edifying, encouraging, exhorting, building, blessing words. It, it invites people to come over to your side. You, you go over to them. You, you build a relationship. I'm huge on relational evangelism. But it's still all about Christ. It's still all about pointing people to Jesus. It's still about not you, but it's about Christ, the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? He is Jesus, the resurrected Christ. So critical spirit here, man, complaining, it's rooted in pride. God, drive it out of the church. Use our words today, oh God. Use them next week to build people up. It's like this. We're like a sledgehammer. We got words. Whoop! Man, we just take people out. You know, when, when they're doing construction, and this is a small one, this is a three-pound one. You ever swung a 15-pound sledgehammer? It'll build some arms up. No, I ain't been doing it, you can tell. Anyway, and I got some of these construction workers out here, man, they, they can do amazing things. They're strong. But a sledgehammer, man. It but here, here's, here's the instrument some of us want to use. We're like a saw. We just want to cut people to pieces. I'm going to cut you up. Cut you again. You said, Pastor, you've been watching too much Criminal Mind. I have. I'm all about some CSI Criminal Mind shows. I'm going to go ahead and confess that in the house of God. But, but, but th that's what we do with our words, man. We just cut them. Man, you, man, I am so quick with my tongue. Man, you say something to me, and if I don't pray, God, put a guard over my lips right now, I'll come back now. Ha, gotcha, gotcha. And y'all laugh. It ain't very funny if you're on the receiving end. And somebody cut me, and I cut them. Ha, ha. You're like, you don't even know what you're doing with that. I don't. I started bringing a circular saw, but it just didn't have the same effect. Okay. Plus, I was afraid to plug it up. I might cut somebody or cut me. But our words slam, destroy, cut. You got the point now, haven't you? This should have been Family Sunday, although maybe it's a good thing it's not Family Sunday. I can just see your kids getting their daddy's iron, uh, saw. Ha-ja! Ninja! Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. I'm sorry, I just had to do that. I just, just felt like it, the urge came over me, the anointing. Here we go, here. Our words, our words are powerful. 
Listen to what uh, John MacArthur said. The tongue is a tattletale that tells on the heart. It discloses the real person. Mm, listen to that. The tongue is a tattletale that tells on the heart and discloses the real person. I can't stand tattletales. When I was little, I got one of my worst beatings, I mean whippings. I told him my brother. And then my dad wore me out because I tattled. I didn't tattle no more. I said, forget it, bro. You're in for your own. My dad said, we don't need no tattletales around here. I know what's going on. And I'm going to bring justice. I said, yes, sir, you did. You brought it real quick. I understand now. No more of that. I know Rachel and Hannah. Papa could, he was tough. Okay. Listen to this. This is on a plaque. I, I love to see this plaque. God, keep one hand on my shoulder and keep the other hand over my mouth. Woohoo! Isn't that, isn't that good? That's like a Ben Franklin verse, doesn't it? Ben Franklin's not in the Bible. I just want you all to know that. Okay. But God, keep a hand on my shoulder and one hand over my mouth. Because God, I want to be close. I want you to be close to me. I want to pant for you like the deer pants for the water. But oh God, I need some holy help. So look at how to build and not destroy. Number one, stop excusing. Stop saying, I really didn't mean to say that. Realize that when you say something, you did mean it. And it impacts everyone around you. And when we make excuses, it keeps us right where we are. It prevents us from going forward. It prevents us from help. It prevents us from maturity. It prevents us from going on with God and being conformed to the image of Jesus. But i gotta, I got to share this with you. Isaiah 6. Turn there. Here's that prophet that God wanted his heart, and he got his heart. Oh, but then God says, but I need your lips. I need to touch them. Let's, let's get just a, a portion of this. I want you to look down there at verse 5, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. It's Isaiah's commission. But in verse 5 it says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah got in the presence of God. God touched his lips. And I'm just wondering, when we really get in the presence of Jesus, he'll touch us completely. He'll touch our wallets. He'll touch our hands. He'll touch what we listen to. He'll touch what we watch. And he'll certainly touch what we speak. And Isaiah here, man, it's just just that thing that God says, hey, I cleanse your heart first, but when you get in my presence, I'm going to deal with you. God, would you get the people in this room in your presence? People that listen to this on the internet, God, would you get them in your presence right now? God, I pray people would pull off the side of the road and get their heart right with Jesus. Number two, talk less is what Rick Warren says. So you can stop excusing, talk less. Man, you talk less, you go to a deeper level. Boy, I need to be reminded of that. It's so easy to talk. And sp- but God says, talk less and spend more time with me. And I, I remember Peter Lord saying this, and I always like to give him credit. Prayer is more about listening than it is talking. And our relationships should be a lot about listening to the other person. The third point is listen more. I can understand people's needs if I listen. I can really understand and discern what's going on if I'll just take time to listen. You know, I, I just feel like I need to speak this word. Sometimes people, you wonder why they're so ill, why they're so critical, why they're like they are. There's something going on. There, there's something behind their words. There, there's something stirring in their heart. I don't know what it is. It's insecurity. It's a lack of contentment. It's anger. It's sickness. It's something's going on, but just learn to listen. And fourth is start building. What do people need? 
they need a word of hope they need a word of encouragement they need a word of challenge the, the tongue is like a fire it does great harm or it brings great blessing holy spirit bring great blessing today help us not to cut people but help us to heal people in jesus name i want you to look on the screen there's a great passage and i want us to say that together can you do that with me may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight O lord my rock and my redeemer i encourage you just to make this a prayer lord put a guard over my mouth that i won't sin against you may i not run quickly to sin lord would you make me pleasing may the words of my mouth be like isaiah that i got in your presence i just pray god will take this message and he'll change me and i hope he'll change you let's pray father what an awesome day to be in the house of the lord jesus christ and lord i pray that you're changing people even now from glory unto glory by the power of the spoken word and lord jesus i pray for conviction is running deep right now i pray people are feeling the the tug and the conviction in their heart to change and to be transformed and right now in your presence i pray that you would touch our tongues you touch our lips make us more like you jesus Oh, may the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, until you come again. God, I just confess, I struggle so much with speech. The very things that I make my living for my family with, that brings blessing and honor to you, I struggle with. Woe is me, God. A man undone. I'm ruined. I need help. God, help people in this room. I'm just asking people right now to be raw and honest. If you need help today, would you stand to your feet? You're saying, that is for me, Pastor. I need help. Just stand across the living room today. You need help. Holy Spirit, come. I know there's people in this room. There's other people that need to stand right now. Stand as your act of confession and declaration. God, I need you to touch my tongue. That's our humble plea today. Oh, God. Make this a house of refreshment and a house of healing, a house of refuge where the weary run into and they find life for their hungry soul. Oh, God, give us grace until we meet again. We bless the name of Jesus Christ and God's people said, amen. Everybody else stand on up with them. I want to give you some announcements and we're going to walk out of here.